My dad bought this big goal and put towels on the top bins. And we just to just curl it in out the back. Oh, he's jinking through. This is incredible! Johnny Boss with a masterful solo goal. Okie dokie, artichokey, and here we go with another episode of The Four Man Wall, the show on Australian football slash soccer at its finest. I'm your host, Jashan, coming at you from a lovely home in Port Melbourne. They get some superb natural light. It is very, very nice. And while Andy can't make it today due to being busy with things, the second voice you're going to hear is that of a man who was on the recovery trail from a very dangerous whippersnipper incident and has spent his recent times lighting fires. Online, his NPL player, Ross Scopes. Here, he is Damon Sarah. Well, thanks to Sean for that uh, very half-true and almost inaccurate uh, intro. Oh, come on. What are you talking about? I, I've been p- putting fires... I've uh, been um, yeah, lighting fires nah. and then putting them out again. <laughs> that, is, that is a key yeah, piece of information. Man. I do not want any mention of arson at all. <laughs> Please, <laughs> especially around around these areas, people take fire pretty seriously out in Tatura. <laughs> they do. It's not yeah. a laughing matter. That's <laughs> why I'm not laughing, of course. No, yeah, as look as a journalist, I try to make sure I get my information correct at all times. So I'm glad you corrected exactly, me on that one, right. mate. That's good stuff. No, exactly uh, and right. last but not least. He recently threw a lovely gathering to celebrate another trip around the sun. It is Nicholas. Oh, thank you, Jashan. Very kind words. Coming at you loud and clear today. Um, Damo, I just want to say I hope you're recovering after that whippersnipper incident. I don't know what it was because um, I was hanging up washing this uh, morning, so I missed that one. But, uh, yeah, glad to get stuck into it today. Get stuck into it, mate. Bloody hell, this is yeah, chores well, day for you. Are you, you. You're doing the washing, the laundry, and, and, and the dishes. So did some dishes, saying, too. Fuck. Did some dishes, too. Yeah, did some maintenance on the, you know, some personal admin on the emails and stuff, making sure there's yeah. no sneaky bills coming through. That's it, mate. Bit of life admin. you got to do it. you got to do it. Otherwise, you know, today's problems becomes... Tomorrow's problems, and then they all add up, and it becomes a bit too much. And I got to say, that's what we, that's what's been happening recently with the four man wall. You know, we haven't been posting as consistently as uh, perhaps we'd like to, due to just, you know, what everyone's really busy right now with work and and, and ulterior commitments and people being sick and injured and all this. So we apologise for the inconsistency, but we're here today and keen to get stuck into what should be a banging episode. Only uh, four rounds to go in the regular season well, of the. To talk uh, about. Yeah, a bit of this, a bit of that, uh, a bit of column hey. A, a bit of column B. Uh, we started hey. off game week 22 with a top-of-the-table clash, Adelaide and Western Sydney, that uh, did not disappoint. Fellas, what exactly did we make of this game, Dame? I want to start with you, just purely on the footballing perspective. We'll get to the fight at the end, we'll talk about that later, but from the actual game, uh, did you like it? What did you make of it? It was an awesome game to watch, it was... Open like both teams very clearly know um, that they want to play a very open, um, attacking, advanced type of football, and we saw that. And I think at at 
in the end, Adelaide just had too much quality uh, over the park, and like it was probably I'd say be top three games of the season. Oh, um, top three games of the season. Probably the other two Adelaide Western Sydney encounters. Um, Not far but, out. Yeah, I, I honestly like if Adelaide and Western Sydney Wanderers could play every week. I'd have, I'd happily pay money to go watch, and I'm now, I'm now um, advocating for a Western Sydney versus Adelaide Grand Final. That's what you want. Interesting. You're over yeah. Melbourne City. Yeah. Despite being <laughs> in theory City. a Melbourne City supporter. <laughs> yes, um, I, I'm not enjoying what I'm seeing from City at the moment, and mm. uh, I am enjoying thoroughly what I'm seeing from Adelaide. And to a lesser extent, Western Sydney, so... And I don't really think anyone, yeah, comes close. With all due respect to uh, Western Sydney Wanderers, um, I believe they deserve to make the grand final, uh, should they have fortune on their side. Um, if they qualify for the grand final, then we'll have a well-attended grand final that we should all be boycotting, so it's a bit of a <laughs> rock and a hard place. Yeah, we, need that, we, need that, wow. we need that Melbourne-Adelaide grand final right. in Sydney, you know, to... Sink the ship. To really hammer home how uh, foolish the APL are. That's it. But but it, but but right. Nicholas, there are you are you focusing more on off pitch antics than the on field action? Because this was a very very good game of football. Worthy of a grand final, dare I say? Yes. Western Sydney. It's the second great contest between these two sides this season were the sequel of the clash earlier in the season at Hindmarsh in Adelaide. And uh, Adelaide, you know, had the upper hand on Western Sydney like they did in the first clash. Uh, Western Sydney pegged but, uh, uh, one late. Uh, it was 3-2 for, towards the end of the game. But um, you know, Adelaide held on. A bit of a fury clash, a bit of off-field antics, a bit of heat. We didn't see too much heat in the first game with uh, ah. a bit of... Uh, Argy Bargy, a professional foul on Iren Kunda, Marcelo uh, getting up in his face and uh, yes. doing a bit of a headlock, headlock manoeuvre, a bit of yeah. a bit of a welcome. To, Not great to see. Well, welcome to the party, youngin. You're missing the crucial part where Iren Kunda reacted quite poorly to the professional foul and shoved Newenhoff. So you know there is that. Yeah, you, know, you can't just blame Marcelo. Yeah, some nuance would be good. Yeah. Callum Nuancehoff. Ah. Ah. Yeah. Yeah, no, no. See? Yeah, 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 yeah. Nah. Yeah. Yeah. Like, my should know better, though. Like, because he's just like some 17-year-old. Like, and he's acting like, you know, a 17-year-old punk, you know. Uh, no disrespect to Aaron Kunda, but, you know, he's just get, get you know, blowing a bit of hot steam, you know, into, you know into the game it's you know white line fever so you should know better not to like put him in a headlock unless something was said that like we don't know that was quite mean he should keep his composure there and 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 you know not be suspended for the next week uh by that late red card uh and he wasn't even the original perpetrator of the foul that'd be a minimum of two weeks though won't it straight red oh i'm not sure actually on the rules but if you wanted, if you wanted to like push his weight around, you know, it's just a professional foul. Put Aaron Kunder in his place. He could have done that without, you know, putting him in a headlock. So, yeah, well, I'm not the way um, there's a winner in this. 
I, I think you're in Kundu should have been red carded as well. is definitely the loser for getting suspended. Yeah, for sure. Um, but I think Aaron Kundu should have been yeah. red carded as well because he shoves Nieuwenhoff pretty close to his face there. Um, he like throws Nieuwenhoff off him and then he follows him up with a shove and that like the 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 aggression. I mean, there. I can see where you're coming from, but like as a winger and as a player who wants to take on defenders, having someone completely with absolutely no regard for winning the ball just tackle you. That is incredibly infuriating. And obviously, it's probably the first time it's ever happened to him. And he'll learn from it. Yeah, he's got to go to leagues like the Championship and, um, you know, Scottish Premier League. No, that's exactly right. But yeah. it's got to happen for the first time. And you've got but to learn that, oh, shit, yeah. He's going to face way more than that, you know. Like, right. he's got to, he's got to, you know, he's kind of protected in his role, you know, comes on late, um, Get, get some good runs on, but he's got to go to tougher leagues where they're way more physical than the A League, for example. And he, he's gonna, yeah, he, he 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 won't be able to react like that, you know, if it's in the seventieth minute when they're down two one, for example, or like yes, or, of course, or, or level at one or it's a bit different, you know, when you're winning the game, like three two up, yeah. yeah. Sure. Like I, I just to go. I I don't like the the fact that he's only gotten a yellow card for the shove there. I think that's a weak refereeing, which you know means I'm agreeing with Marco Rodan, which I don't really like to do because Rude is a bit of um, bit of well, a character. Yeah, that's why I. Yeah, I'm happy <laughs> with the yellow card and I'm happy with the red card. But it's but... passion on it's passion on both sides. Like Irin Kunda's, you know, trying to get his team, you know, put the seal on. Probably too much with the push, and then you got you know Neuenhoff, you know, young. Young midfielder, that yeah. Um, maybe uh, idyllic, idealistic thinking here. Hopefully, in the Socceroos one day, is that? Oh, um, has, maybe has I'm to being be. a bit too idealistic there. He's got um, to be in the conversation. He's a bloody gun, mate. He's a long gun. way to go. Long way, long way to go. But um, yeah. and then you know, you know, really put in a lot of meaning into the contest, and that's what we like to see. I mean, I think if we're being honest about it, if you had, if you had to pick your best pivot. Like in terms of central midfielders this season, I'd say it'd probably be O'Neill and Neuenhoff. Um And O'Neill got his nod, his soccer is nod, and Neuenhoff, I'd say, would be pretty close to it. I don't know if you boys agree with that, but those two yeah, have been. I, I think so. Yeah. Yeah, the two best central midfielders I think this O'Neill's season for me. There purely just because of his age, I think. But yeah, he's a little Neuenhoff bit more experienced. Shouldn't be too far behind. He's a gun, mate. He's a gun. But yeah, it was a bit of a biff at the end there which sullied what was a very good game. I think now Adelaide are 11 matches unbeaten, so kind of, yeah, it's official. Like, they're the, are they the, not, like, one point behind Melbourne City? At two. Moment? Two points, but City have a game in hand, Oof. which yeah. obviously gets against played victory. tomorrow night against victory in the, in yes, the replay of the derby. very, very intriguing match, isn't it? Very intriguing. Very, very intriguing, because victory obviously have formed with two wins against Rod, but uh, and City of... And, of Faltered, but just real quick before we get to the Melbourne City game against Newcastle, uh, Craig Goodwin became just the third player in A League history to log ten goals and ten assists in an A League season, joining Aaron Moy and Marco Rojas on that list. So not bad. And I'll just yeah. ask you boys: like, is is good going? Is good now that now with Lecky's kind of injury, is is Goodwin the front runner for the Johnny Warren this season? I'd say he's a favourite, yeah, he and I think he, he he was a he was a 
equal favourite, maybe not the favourite, but, you know, like the, like a few votes back behind Leckie before the injury. Craig Goodwin's been a match winner on, on multiple occasions. You know, he had a great, great shifts against teams like Melbourne City, um, Newcastle, uh, Western Sydney. So uh, he, he, he's the favourite in my opinion. Has to be. Has to be, has to be, has to be, has to be good. We are all agreed on that. Spicy stuff. Now, uh, on the... Uh, on the God damn, I'm mincing my words here, fellas. Mincing my <laughs> bit of, words. Bit of a Italian mince. Oh, I wish. I wish. Why didn't you serve Poor up confirmed. a nice Italian mince at your, at your birthday, Gad, there, Nicholas? I was... I was looking forward to some to some Nicholas cuisine. The spring rolls were very nice. Though, oh, mate, they? I was I was in my uh, in my tracksuits all day. Didn't get out of the house. I got out of the house to pick up the groceries, but didn't didn't get off my um, bum to get stuff like you know the the chippies and the lollies and the. And oh, the, wait! Do you uh, get your groceries uh, delivered, and the bro? Plastic cups into. Oh, we get click and collect, click and collect. Yeah, right. Okay. Yeah, 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 That's yeah, yeah, right. yeah. Delivery's a bit too stressful because you never know yeah. when they're going to come. Click and collect, you've got more yeah. control. Plus, delivery doesn't really work for an apartment building. How long do they keep your shopping for? Until they're like, nah, stuff these, they're not coming. Yeah, they, 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 they pick it like 30 minutes before you arrive, something like that. And they right. just keep all the cool stuff in the fridges and, and the frozen stuff in their freezer. And then they just... Collect, pull it all together when you're actually there and then they get it yeah. in. Chuck it in a bag, get it ready. I tell you what else belongs in a bag, Nicholas, was the game between Melbourne City and the Newcastle Jets. How about that for a segue? Not bad? All you can expect, really, for the curtain raiser before before the real match, Melbourne <laughs> City versus Canberra United. Free, free thriller. Um, that oh. saw Melbourne City make the finals and uh, Canberra United ca- coming back from two goals down to almost... Uh, jump into that final four position. Um, you if know, you listen to my run sheet uh, at the start ask- of the show, you'd know that we have a section dedicated to the women's football today. Could you please just answer my question first? You didn't have a run... I made the run sheet today. <laughs> no, this we talked about when, it. You know, we talked making- about it in the pre-show after you kept us waiting for 10 fucking minutes. <laughs> oh, mate. I'm just being professional. I did want the washing machine in the final audio for the podcast. Well, uh, yeah, well... <laughs> The curtain raiser to the um, A-League women's uh, was a match that was played, and that's all I will say. It was <laughs> shocking. I was uh, disappointed by the refereeing, and I'm not one to blame results on refereeing. However, confirming with the match, Fred, a lot of Newcastle Jets fans were uh, <laughs> were kind of sarcastically going, oh, now is this what it feels like to be like a Sydney FC or, you know, like a, a big Melbourne club, uh, you know, getting all these refereeing decisions. So mm. maybe Melbourne City got a taste of their own medicine and, you know, um, that's okay. Uh, and I think, disappointingly, uh, for this game, I think both teams lost. There was... There was, there was no, you go to a draw and you're mm. like, oh, like, you know, when Melbourne City came from behind to level with Adelaide after playing poorly, you're like, okay, like we should have lost, but like we could have also won it if we had five more minutes. In this game, it was like Newcastle Jets fans would be saying, we blew it, you know, um, we, we blew it. We were up, we, we were playing against 10 men for 
a good part of 60 minutes and we blew it. Melbourne yeah. City fans would say that was the worst performance of the season and holy crap, we could lose the victory and, Adel- and Adelaide are going to take over. In my opinion, if Melbourne City get anything less than a win on Wednesday night against victory, I don't see I don't see them winning the Premiership at all. I think Adelaide Bloody are hell. way too red hot. Way too red hot and they're going to leave... Melbourne City in their wake. I don't. Melbourne City don't play Adelaide again, as far as I'm aware. So there's no opportunity for Melbourne City to take points off them. And Melbourne City are also going to play Central Coast and Western Sydney before the end of the season. Far out, after man. that victory game, just to continue a bit more. Oh, I, I yeah, really go, go, go. Ra- I, I really questioned Rado Vidicic's use of um, the subs, um, in particular, uh, subbing off Scott Jamison so early. What? I'm no, Jamison got red carded, you dog. He got, he got red oh, carded. Sorry. My apologies. Subbing, um, subbing off Nuno Raish. Right, uh, right, right. There we go. Nuno Raish so early after he was brought into the starting lineup to replace Callum Talbot and he was subbed off within 20 minutes. Maybe there was an injury. I'm not really sure. I was at the game and he kind of jogged off pretty well, so it mm. didn't appear so. And then to be replaced by Callum Talbot who was, you know, who Nuno Raish replaced after 20 minutes, you know. If it was a halftime sub, fair enough. And then 10 minutes later, Scott Jamison gets red carded and you really could have, you know, you know, you really could have done with a sub then, you know, to maybe change the formation and bring Tom Talbot on and keep Nuno Raish on. If Nuno Raish wasn't injured, it just... And I I haven't been able to find out if Nuno Raish was injured... There's um, been no talk about it. It's kind it, of tough. For sure. Yeah, and it's kind of tough when you're at the game, but it just didn't make sense. I'm not too sure. Um, I see the value. If um, I don't, I think Rado Vidicic still has time to bode. CFG obviously see see something as you know he's been a successful coach with the women's side. However, um, I believe having it's not Rado's fault per se because. Uh, big boots to fill, but the losing Paddy Kisnorbo in December has may have cost Melbourne City the, the chance at silverware and to no fault of Rado's own. Yeah, it's it's an interesting one. Um, Scott Jamison playing as a central midfielder when you've got Florin Berenguer on the bench seems odd to yeah. me. Um, and obviously Jamison, yeah. like whether or not, I don't know if the, if the referee was the referee like how bad was the refereeing genuinely like Damo from a neutral's perspective was it was it as bad as, as Nick kind of makes it out or uh oh uh, yeah maybe yeah. like <laughs> I, I didn't really see it that that bad but I, I think it was he was well within his rights to make the decisions he made mm. I, again I'll, I'll say it again like if you give the referee any option whether it's like a close decision, they're always going to err on the side of making a stupid decision. <laughs> okay. So we do need to expect stupidity from the referees. That's that's a really nice uh, bullet point on Australian football right now. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to save that phrase in the memory bank, I reckon. That's a great one. When in doubt, they'll make a decision. And that's not specific to referees. That's a great one, little idiom. Yeah, exactly. I mean... It's true though. Like when when there's an option to make a like a decision to change a game, 
and like, I oh, know, let's try and keep this contest even. They'll say, no, stuff it. I'm going to make this decision because I can. Yeah, like, like, like trying to input a sense of kind of domination on the, on the game when they don't really yeah, need exactly. to. Yeah, exactly. That's mm. right, yeah. Because it's just a, um, a referee's mentality. Is that what Rado's doing they, as they well? Just do trying job. to like, like trying to put his own kind of stamp on the team. Wherein you know he could have just taken what PK had set up and ran with it, but like, I don't know. He's he's like Scott Jamison's yeah, exactly. a left back. Yeah, he's, and he's an experienced left back. He he's not a central midfielder. That's right. And he's been caught out here in this game, getting getting those two yellows. And I think he's he, I think Rado's stuck between a like a the decision where he benches his club captain. And doesn't play him at all, or he puts him in in a position where he's not the strongest. To fucking and bench him. This is obviously this is this, but you can't though. He's the club captain. He's who cares? If he can't put the team's success over his own ego, then he shouldn't be the captain. Quite frankly, he he was benched. It was benched all of like under PK's yeah. time. You know, he came That's on as the yeah. sub. You know, for for. Uh, um, Scotty Galloway, uh, Jordan Boss, Nathaniel Atkinson. There's oh. no reason why he can't be, you know, have some minute, you know, just come on I as mean, an impact. We, we don't know what goes on. Maybe he might have had some words with Rado, but um, the way I say it is, I think Rado's lost a little bit of um, authority over the change change room, and maybe the players are starting to get on top of him a little bit. But mm. that's just purely speculation. But the way the way I see it is that that's that's how it's going at the moment. The players tend uh, seem as though they're kind of um, yeah going over the top of him. So yeah, yeah. I, I think you're really missing uh, Van der Ven as well, just as that kind of pivot between. Well, that's true. Exactly. If Van der Ven's there, then obviously Jamison's not starting. That's as simple as that. Yeah, mm. and also uh, Melbourne City really needed. Um, they really needed, at minimum, a regulation two 0 win in that game to get their season back and going. You know, they had that, they had that loss to Adelaide um, and a draw to Macarthur leading into the <laughs> international break. You hate to and see a draw with Macarthur. Really, and they really just needed a two 0 win, regulation win at home on a Sunday afternoon, just to keep things moving along. With Adelaide hot on the heels, it feels like there's a bit of nervousness. Yeah. Uh, uh, restlessness. Matthew Lecky, like just watching the two games, the MacArthur game and the Jets game, it just—it's the same. It's just waiting for someone to save us, really. And and then it came off the head of Max Caputo. Yeah. Talk about it, Maxi Caputo. Um, oh, doesn't get much of an opportunity, but this, he became—I think it's the sixth player this season under eighteen years of age to score a goal in the A League, which is you know it's mm. pretty nice. And it leads to my first James burning question. Goal scorer. Very, very nice indeed. Maxi Caputo, got a bit of talent. Uh, 92nd minute equaliser here. Crucial point for, for Melbourne City. Uh, Damo, we've got yeah. um, this season. Can you, can you guess the other five uh, players under the age of 18 who have scored thus far? Oh, uh, yeah. I can have a crack. Um, no. We'll go Irin Kunda. Yeah. Jovanovic. Yes. We've got a very, very famous name. He's lost it. Wall. Yes, yeah, we got Quall. And two more, lad, two more. Uh, Newcastle Jets Wait player. Uh, Archie Goodwin. 
Yes, and the final one. One of your favourites. One of my favourites. Yeah, currently plays for Sydney FC, brother. Oh, yes. Sega. Yes, yeah, Sega. Wait, Cole, Cole turned 18 before the season started. I think it's I think it's eighteen and under. I think it's inclusive. Oh, okay. Okay. Mm. You, you you get lucky. This that's time. on me. That's on me. That's on me. That's on me for some poor for poor uh, syntax. And you forgot on that Max one, Caputo. Well, that's what yeah, uh, Max Caputo. Yeah, Caputo became yeah, the six. Said the five other one. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I would hope that Damo could know that Max Caputo has indeed scored a goal this season because we're pretty fresh off yes, that news. Indeed. But the question I wanted to indeed. ask: so six. Goal scorers age 18 and under. That's more than the Serie A and La Liga combined. It's more than the EPL and the Bundesliga. We both have four, and it's the exact same as Liga. Uh! So we're actually... Um, yeah, we're bigger than all, better than all the top five European leagues when it comes to youngsters scoring goals. Damo, burning question number one. Three burning questions. Wow. Yeah. There you go. Do we have a bit of a golden generation on our hands? Ah... Go on, lean into it. You know you want to. Mm, I'll, I'm going to say no. Duh. It's not a golden generation. Weak. However, I I do I do believe that we are starting to produce like the first generation back on our journey to the top to getting there. So if, okay. if this could be known as the the bronze generation. Okay. <laughs> We're definitely on the way back to the bronze generation. Bro, man's got high standards far out. At least give him silver. All right, all right, Damo, Mr. Pessimist. He's got his pessimist cap on today. Uh, I do. But um, back to the... Uh... Like the like the referees. <laughs> you give them a choice. They're going to bloody say nah, stuff is. Nick, mate, how much of an impact do the refs actually have on this game? Or or is it all being blown out of proportion a little bit? Like, how how angry were you? Were you were you throwing hands on the day? Yeah, I was throwing a few, like, a uh, few arms in the air. Uh, I feel like... Oh, I, didn't, I haven't watched a replay, but I felt like that penalty was clutching at straws. Uh, and this is where my bias is coming through, so... Just, you know... It was a shit. Take, take, take this on with the, the City Blue lenses on. Uh, I'll be the first to acknowledge that. And the pen was shit. The red card, yeah, the second yellow, it was, it was tough to tell what was happening. I think what the most frustrating part was being at the game. It just felt like there was a lot of misses uh, by the ref, a lot of uh, a fair bit of contact that got played on um, if Melbourne City got contact. I don't expect to, don't expect me to be impartial here when I'm saying all of this. Nah, mate, lean into um, it, mate. The, the Melbourne City mega fan isn't here today, so you have to step into the shoes, all right? Step up to yeah. the plate. Can I just go off topic for a minute? It, 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 are we rounding up the Melbourne City game? Yeah, we're in the the final the, the death throes of it. We're in the fo- yeah, we're in the can death I, can, can I just go with an off topic uh, of take here? Can, but darling. it's relevant. Considering we're talking all things on Melbourne, Melbourne had a big sporting day on Sunday. It had been highlighted by some people on the internet the Mel- to have the Melbourne City game clashing at the same time as the F1, the AFL at the MCG, and also the Super Netball. We can't be scared of the AFL and the NRL when doing our fixturing because our fixtures come first and we need to hold our ground a bit um, outside of like venue sharing and those contracts for the NRL, 
but we need it. Like, we've got to be smarter and not put it an afternoon game on the same day as the F1 race. It's just not It's just not smart fixturing. And it felt like there was 4,000 people there, tops. 3,000 probably. And I just want to say, as a general take, bit of shot to our... Uh, to our sister, to our sister podcast on the Hub of the World Media Network, the F1 is overrated, full stop. And I'm happy to be a guest on the rear of the grid to explain my take. A bit of a bit of argy bargy. Oh, no, Matt will be listening. I just, I just don't see the value in the F1. Uh, it, 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 it's not, it's not for me. It, it's a sport where it's a race. It's a race, so it's easy. I, I get there first. I win. It's easy to understand. So if I was if I was forced to have a beer in hand and watch it, I would enjoy it more than the rugby league. Um, however, the whole story and narrative behind it, I don't find too interesting, in my opinion, because partially it's the same drivers and athletes contesting most times. Uh, you have the same winners, a bit like the EPL. I'm sick of the EPL too. <laughs> and, and and I'm going to get sick of the A-League if like Pro Rail doesn't come like in the next 10 years, or at least if the current isn't being dangling every year or so. Um, and, and you're made, and, and, and then when people say, oh, the battles at the battles in the middle to Rio where they're fighting for points or like they're fighting for money and funding, it's a bit hard to feel sympathy because they're sponsored by luxury car brands, (laughs) uh, multinational companies, uh, probably, uh, you know, billionaires investing like, um, you know, any EPL club, it's a bit hard to feel sorry compared to like, if Burnley go down into EPL, I'm like, oh, what's Sean Dyke gonna do now? Um, but you know, it's 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 just like, um, I just the emotion isn't conveyed to me. That's all I say. It's just not for Nikki, okay? It's just not for Nikki. Yeah, we had a bit of a technical issue there, fellas. So there's a bit of a break in recording, but I believe, if I'm not mistaken, that we're gonna jump into the opposite side of the city Jets fixture. And on the Jets side, you boys mentioned that you weren't necessarily impressed by their performance despite eking out a, you know, a one-all draw to the to the table leaders. Four rounds left, and they're in that fight for kind of like fifth, sixth, right? Like, what, they, they haven't won a game in five, the Jets now. And I, I'm starting to struggle to see kind of where the spark is going to be coming from, fellas. Um, do, do any of you have the answer for, the, for, for Pappas and the Jets? Like, how can they change things up to, to find some form here? All season, that we we knew all along that their season was gonna pretty much hinge on whether Renapiscopo could keep himself fit and in good form. Mm-hmm. And for the weeks that he was playing and he was in form, no surprises that Newcastle were winning. And since yeah. he's gone out of the squad, he's um, been unfit. Um, yeah, it's, there's no surprise that you saw their results starting to go downhill. And, um, yeah, it's, it's a real shame. Like, their whole season basically just hinges on whether one person can stay fit. And he's literally yeah. their only bit of attacking flair, I, I, was, I say. Not, not a believer in Trent Buhage. No, I absolutely think. not. Absolutely um, not. And I, I yeah, know many and, people... And Mikkel Tadza either, so. hasn't had a great season. Well, Mikkel Tadza is a striker, mm. so if you can't get the ball to him, then he's not going yeah, to do yeah, much. Yeah, for sure. That's a fair point. But in that case, I mean, Piscopo has been out of form more than in it, so is, is 
would you rank his season as a disappointment overall? Oh, yeah, absolutely you'd rank it as a disappointment because this was a season where he was meant to, you know, carry. And the only thing he's been carrying mm. is an injury, so... <laughs> nice. That was snappy. That was that was really good. <laughs> Chuck that on but Instagram it, It's, post. it's true, though. Like, really he's 25 this year. Yeah. Like, this is the, the age where you're meant to start to really make an impact on the league and get yourself into Socceroos, get yourself a move overseas, and we're just not seeing it because he's just not doing enough. Yeah, yeah. Who's had the more disappointing season, Rene Piscopo or Daniel Arzani? Oh, I think Piscopo. When you actually mat out... Oh, really? When, yeah, 100%. When you actually mat out their stats, like I think Arzani's stats are far more impressive. Oh, yeah. I haven't I haven't actually seen Piscopo's stats, but I know that because um, obviously Arzani's season's done. He had like five assists or something, and like yeah. a few goals and stuff. But he was like the most successful dribbler. He created the most chances, um, even if he didn't play okay. for like a good chunk of those games and being a sub as well. Like his impact is un- mm-hmm. undoubtedly good when he's on the park. He just needs to be on it. Whereas Piscopo, his stats might not be as good, but his overall link-up play and everything changes the course of their um, structure and their their general um, movements. So. Interesting. Interesting, interesting, interesting. All right. Hot takes, strong opinions from Damon, Cerro, Sarah. I'll tell you what, one guy who's been better than both of them, though, was Robert Mack. The Slo- Wait, is he Slovakian or Slovenian? Yes, yeah, Slovak. He's Slovak. He's an in- Slovak international. Came back mm-hmm. for international break and absolutely mm-hmm. blitzed it for Sydney. After scoring. Indeed, indeed, indeed. Scored uh, internationally, scored domestically. Fellas, the Mac attack. Uh, leading Sydney to a pretty handy draw there against West United in a three-all thriller. Did either of you watch this? Any, any thoughts, any feelings? I know that Lucky Wales is probably the luckiest footballer that's ever lived. <laughs> Um, Your continued beef with Lockie Wales is all it. Yeah, I did. He's completely scuffed it. Yeah. He's completely scuffed it and it's still managed to go in. <laughs> and it looked like he went in. Bloody fantastic. Oh, Jesus Christ. It was honestly terrible. Um, and only Lockie Wales could do that. <laughs> so, really. <laughs> I swear, we could have like a week where we don't even it's talk about play. West United and you'll still find a way to bring up Lockie Wales. You got a real passion for this, man. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Fair shout, fair shout, fair shout. Ah, oh, uh, Nick, if you some of some of his work is just timeless. Yeah, it, it's questionable. Mm. Nick, if you had to pick one team out of these two to make the top six and get into finals, who would you rather see get in there? We're talking Sydney and Western United, right? Yes, sir. And are yeah. you asking as in who's realistic or who I would prefer to see? No, nah, more more as a fan. Like if you if this was wrestling, shout out to WrestleMania last mm. weekend, and you could control the narrative. Who would you rather see in there? Because realistically, I don't know if either of them deserve to be in there. They're so inconsistent. Ooh, yeah, true. If I had to control the narrative, I'd say Sydney FC because you could work for a Western Sydney Sydney FC Derby Grand Final, you know, or maybe not a Derby Grand Final. Control uh-huh, the narrative. Uh-huh. Put oh, they're not going to make top two, but put Western Sydney into the top two. Have a semi final between Sydney FC and. Uh, Western Sydney Wanderers and let all hell break loose. <laughs> Marco Rudan and Steve Carr could get into a bit of biff on the sideline, you know? Yeah. I was looking into the ladder, though. Um, it felt pretty... 
it, it felt pretty defined the last few weeks, that 6th to 7th, like the battle for 6th. I think the race is wide open at the moment. I think it's too close to call. The fact that Melbourne victory is still... T- it speaks volumes, eh? And they're 11th. MacArthur should be rubbed out, though. Based on form, I think MacArthur is the only team to hold Rob out completely, even though well, you, you've, you've been anti-MacArthur since the start. Like, I think you were the first person to say that they were um, a bit of a farmer's team and not necessarily uh, genuinely in with a, a shout. Team. Yeah, that's the one, pub team. <laughs> yeah, yeah well, that's the one. Well, that's Dwayne, <laughs> Dwayne York's words, not mine. Um, Dwight Dwight York, just just so we make sure you know journalism here. Dwight York. I would also rub out Brisbane Roar as well. I mean, they were fucking insipid against Central Coast. I was. Well, I I didn't say them because I thought yeah, it was assumed they were rubbed out. So <laughs> uh, Moonball just... is dead. Oh, green? Nope. Is it Greenball? It's Greenball. Warren Moon got <laughs> sacked over a month ago, mate. <clears throat> yeah. But if I had to control the narrative, yeah, Greenball. If I had well, to control the narrative, Perth Glory's making it. And they're going to have the grand final at Macedonia Park. Nah, but, but mate, they're done with Macedonia Park. This is the issue. Like, that was the last game played at Macedonia Park. They're moving over to uh, Optus or whatever it is next. HBF. HBF, yeah, that's right. They're not an AFL team, are they? Yeah, they're moving to HBF yeah. now. And it's like, we'll talk about it because I don't want to. I don't want to dwell too much on Central Coast completely demolishing the Brisbane Roar. Although it was, it was a nice uh, kind of run back to form for the Mariners who needed it. But yeah, Perth, their their run at Macedonia Park is finished. And it's a shame because it's literally the only place they play well at. Uh, Five wins. Yeah. Yeah. Five wins, four draws, and just the one loss to Melbourne City, thanks in no small part to a Matthew Leckie masterclass uh, and a Latchman red card. Lads, are we going to miss Macedonia Park? Yeah. Yeah. Should Perth just abandon HBF and just stay at Macedonia Park? Yeah. No. Okay. There we go. We found the debate. Go out, (laughs) lads. Go. Go, 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 go. We've got it. This is podcasting at its finest. Nick, run me through it. Why why should we go to HBF? Perth are a bigger club than Macedonia Park. (laughs) And in a professional league, we need our top flight clubs playing at arenas. Um, and stadiums, not suburban grounds. And at the very least, if they're playing at suburban grounds, it should be for clubs that call those suburban grounds home, like a South Melbourne or um, Heidelberg United playing at oh, Olympic Park. We need to get our clubs back into sta- Stadia, um, in my opinion. And HBF Park, they have a good record there. They have a good record there. I don't. I think they will keep that record going forward. Yeah. I would. I'd hardly say it was Macedonia Park itself. I think teams just get fatigued when they have to travel to the West. Yeah, that's a fair point. Also, that's MacArthur. I mean, they, they beat MacArthur this weekend, I believe, 2-1. And MacArthur is yeah. shit, so... Lachlan Rose scored, so... But I think the, the, real, the real judge of that will be the Piff Glory fans. Yeah, did, that's a fair What did they enjoy? Uh, it was good to see Adam Target score. We love Adam Target, but um, yeah, first glory. Yeah. Uh, uh, stay in the hunt with that win. Sydney and West United stay in the hunt with their three-all draw. Brisbane Raw probably out of it now, having lost 4-1 to Central Coast. Uh, and Melbourne victory. First time this season they've gotten back-to-back wins. They got this one over the uh, Wellington Phoenix. Game-winning goal from Damien De Silva was a crafty bit of play in the box. And I believe, Nicholas, you have a bit of a peak moment for me, brother. Peak. Peak. 
peak A-League moment of the week. Oh, a peak moment. I certainly do. Well, yes. Melbourne Victory travelled over to Wellington to play to Wellington Phoenix. I actually, uh, if my memory serves me correct, I had a conversation with people at work who were travelling to the game, Melbourne Victory fans. So, big ups to them. I hope um, they would have been happy with what they saw on the pitch. So yep. on to my peak A-League moment of the week. And because of the intermission, I've actually lost it on my screen. So I need to get it up. Well, you're the one who had a frozen computer for 30 minutes. So I can cut me some slack for a 30-second delay. Yeah, that's an unnecessary shot. I'm so sorry. Yeah, well, Journalism is all about the research anyway, Nick. So you're doing the research on the right. fly is like a sneak peek into the process. This is good stuff. This is good content. Melbourne victory <laughs> already in their own right have the worst kit away kit of all time. Okay. I call it the Witch's Cone kit, the Fluoro kit. Okay. Wellington Phoenix, on the other hand, have the worst kit of all time, the navy blue kit that they decide to wear at home every now and then. Okay. My PK League moment of the week is when Moen Victory Socials went to early crow, declaring that Wellington Phoenix would be wearing blue, so the Victory would be wearing Fluoro yellow, so both teams wearing an away kit to a home and away match, <laughs> only for the Wellington Phoenix to just drop the truth bomb and say both our men's and women's team this Saturday will be wearing the yellow and black of the Nooks. And that's my PK League moment of the week, is the victory getting upstage on the kit centre. <laughs> a secondary shout-out PK League moment was the two victory fans that were in the yellow fever chanting, um, wearing their fluoro Oh, kits. my goodness, yeah. I think that's that's probably more peak, but more bizarre peak than yeah. Slot. So you're saying that they were the original plan was for Wellington to wear the colours of Victory and for Victory to wear the colours of Wellington in Wellington? Yes. Wellington in the past have worn this kind of like murky blue, like murky <laughs> yeah. dark blue kit. It's their away kit and they've worn it for home games. I don't know, just to give it, give it more attention maybe. I'm not too sure the exact okay. reason. Uh, I just think it's a lack of A-League clubs having a third kit, in my opinion. I think we should just invest. I think Melbourne City have one. I can't remember what it is. I think it's like a grey, like a camo grey. Admittedly, it's not like the EPL where you have have like multiple teams that just wear red and then multiple teams that just wear blue. And then you you have like Crystal Palace who wear red and blue, so then you need a third. and, And then you could have... Um, hypothetically, you could have three teams come in from underneath mm. that have that like and they could have an infinite amount of color options because of promotion and relegation. So there is, it can be managed better in the A League, but it was a bit <laughs> really of getting into the, the nitty gritty here of like color coordination and and, and uh, color matching here. This is nice. Or we should start off a tangential interior design podcast. Mm. I saw this one in the AFL that apparently the Adelaide Crows have home socks and away socks and like there's a slight difference to them which is minor and some nerd on Twitter picked out that the players when they were playing an away game this weekend were wearing a mix of home and away socks so there's just no rules in society anymore when it comes to kids <laughs> just throw it all out the window what's the point oh my god away away clash jerseys in, in the AFL are already a bit of a joke to be perfectly honest like it's just Slightly oh. altering the the formation of the colours. It's so that oh no, we're and white, white and shorts. black this weekend instead of black and yeah, exactly. <laughs> Fuck off. The white shorts. Come on, what are we doing? That's here? all it was on. Yeah, 
on a Saturday yeah. morning was just don't forget your white shorts if you're playing away. Well, AFL kits are a joke anyways because they never change the design. You never go like, for a home kit I'm talking about, you never go into yeah. the home and away season like, oh yeah, I'm hyped to get the new like Bulldogs kit. What are, you, what are they going to do now? And they normally fuck it up and change the collar and like for the sake of doing something different and that always looks ugly. But at least like even football kits, you know, you're always like, oh. It's like, you know, Something victory fa- it's fashionable, will change mate. the V. Yeah. The, the victory will change the V up a bit, you know. It's still the same identity, but they'll change something up. Adelaide, <laughs> I know what like, you mean. You know, city, your cities in Adelaide who are all single colour will, like, maybe have a background pattern or, like, the sleeves. There's not enough variance in AFL kits, in my opinion. Hardcore stuff, mate. Hardcore stuff. All right, um... I want to back you up here, Nicholas, because you're on a bit of a roll here. You're, you've built up a head of steam, and I like to see it. So, um, a bit of a Bernie, question, Bernie, question number two. The victory, you've got back-to-back wins. Um, old mate, striker, Fauna, what's his name? Fuck, Bruno Fornaroli, is that his name? <laughs> yes. He's in form. Can the victory, slash will the victory, sneak their way into the finals, mate? I've got a hot take. Go on, make it spicy, make it juicy. It's not just sixth spot that's open, it's fifth spot too. Ooh. I don't see Wellington making finals at this rate. Really? You got the knocks out of it? I think. Harsh? N- not rating them. Not yeah, rating them. The Their form's not there. Hot form. Yeah, yeah, and then how did they go before the break? They lost 5 1 to Adelaide United. That's true. Adelaide are in um, pretty good form though. Yeah, I don't, I don't see Wellington making finals. Nah. Melbourne Victory and Perth Glory play each other on Easter Sunday. If Melbourne victory, if Perth Glory win that, it's away from home, I doubt they will. If they win that game, Perth will make finals. Mm. If Melbourne victory share the points this in the midweek fixture and win that game, mm. I see Melbourne victory making finals. I think that's the coin flip because okay. Perth have got games against gettable opposition outside of Adelaide. Okay. Where... Whereas Melbourne victory, the Derby is a 50-50 game, uh, except uh, except for that outlier of a season where City like where the gap was so large that City belted them twice. But then even in the third Derby was a, a pathetic draw. I see pathetic, Melbourne victory language, definitely have the easiest run. The only real competition between here and the finals is Western Sydney Wanderers. At, yeah. at Western Sydney. Interesting. And the Derby. So, so you've got basically the, the winner of Sunday's level. game between Victory and Perth is is going to make the finals. What you got you got written that you got written down right now. Yeah, and if it's a draw, it's probably going to complicate. If it's a draw, I reckon they both miss out because they've they mm. both won't be able to get enough points in time because you got to factor in like Sydney, Western United, Newcastle Jets, Wellington. Of the the mighty roar with it with Greenball, of course, going to make a strong comeback soon. Yeah, look. Oh, yeah. yeah, I don't mind it. I like it. I like the take. It wasn't as hot as I was I was hoping for, but it was definitely hot enough. You know, it raised. Oh, what do you want me to say? Bit. Like Adelaide are going to miss finals? No, no, no. I've got to be reasonable, of course, um, Nicholas. We've got to be the reasonable. Just the corns, like the cane corns, hot take for the sake of it. Yeah, well, exactly. We don't like cane corns. This is a this is an all inclusive podcast, except for cane corns. You are not welcome here um, at all. I'm warming and, up to cane corns lately. I'm say like. With all the, from the teams fifth down, 
Mm. Like none of them probably deserve to be in finals. Like, it's all been... it's all such a mess. It's all such a mess right yeah. now. Yeah, they're all, they've all been pretty inconsistent and pretty shit. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Like, we, and it, the, this is why the final series is is broken because the teams in fifth and sixth have almost lost more games than they've won. Yeah. Correct. The fact that they still get to get into finals. I think it works for a sport like AFL to have a top fifty percent right. because if because there's like two draws a year across the whole competition, so mm. you're gonna need a fifty percent win loss ratio, probably a fifty percent plus one win, you know. Well, to, that's actually what what's a it's a top forty percent now in AFL, isn't it? Oh yeah, technically speaking. So yeah, you need like fifty five percent win loss ratio. It actually works. Yeah. So you're rewarding the teams that have actually been good. Yeah. Whereas in the A-League, you're re- just rewarding mediocrity. It is just insane to think that, like, we've roasted Melbourne, a victory that is so much the season, obviously, for on, on-field drama and off-field drama. I think Damo's called for Popovich yeah. to get sacked about five or six times, but they could still, in theory, sneak into the no, finals and go for a run. Exactly. Madness. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. Madness. Like, we're, we're three weeks away from finals. Two mm-hmm. weeks away, and the fact that Melbourne Victory have had their points deducted. Yeah, that's, I thought about to... that. Yeah, yeah, they had their points deduction, didn't they? Bloody hell. If they can, I reckon Bruno Fornaroli is absolutely goaded. Moving forward, though, basically all of the middle teams in the A-League are inconsistent and mid, and it's confusing, and it's all a bit of a mess. Meanwhile, some news. Over there on the women's game, Sydney FC completely trounced Newcastle 4-0 to win their uh, third consecutive ALW Premiership. Kenzie Hawkesbury and Courtney Vine both scoring doubles. Now, they've yet to actually win the championship. They've lost in the final three years in a row. Um, So, Ante Juric, you know, is good football. Yeah, uh, Ante Juric, yep. No clutch factor, lad. And Jeff Hopkins. Bloody Melbourne victory. No clutch factor. That's it, mate. But then again, three premierships in a row... Is pretty impressive. The women's team are, ho- are holding up that club. Sydney FC. Well, we have both Sydney FC and Melbourne Victory. Yeah, bloody earth, actually, it's a good point. Is this Sydney FC team the greatest women's A-League team of all time? I mean, three premierships in a row is kind of crazy. Well, I think because we're in Australia, if you don't win the grand final, you don't get written down in the history books. So they got to get that. So they got to make to say, it happen. I have to say no. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Ante Juric will probably go down as probably one of the best coaches in the women's game and the men's game, I suppose, with his ties to Sydney Olympic. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Yeah, but you got to make it count. Make it happen. Yeah, you got to make it count. Yeah, I see what you mean. Yeah, fair and point. And the fact what that we hoping to make it happen. We don't year? have the first past the post. Changes it. Right. And if they do get that championship this season, three prems in a row and a championship, is that enough to cement the legacy? Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Like, yeah, I'll say it probably gives it enough weight. That's what we want to hear from you, bud. Because That's at, all I need. In, in, in the process of doing all this, like, they've. Remy Seamson's um, gone overseas. Um, they develop players. Probably in in the same kind of um, way that we want the men's team to develop players, but um, mm-hmm. 
I think the the women's just the way the women's game in Australia is and the position that it holds on an international standard, it's just a bit more developed than the men's game. So it's good. And it's exciting coming into um, obviously the World Cup later this year to see a Socceroo right. and Courtney Vine banging in goals for fun as well. So it's very promising. Yeah. Very promising indeed. That's right. So it's only uh positive news. Very positive for the women's game. Putting smiles on dials. All right. Now we're gonna finish up on Socceroo's chat today, but before we get there, I'm just gonna skip over some rumors. Some news rumors. Number one, Adrian Segacic allegedly is on his way to Western Sydney as of next season. And the other way, we've got Angus Thurgate of Newcastle allegedly on his way to uh, Sydney FC. Damo, which of those alleged moves is the more exciting in your brain, sir? Well, I'm pretty sure the um, Segacic to Western Sydney could be a little bit of uh, BS. However, the third gate to SFC definitely something that Sydney need. That would be that would be a good, yeah, it would be a good um, career, I suppose. Get him into a system that's a little bit more um, advanced, a little bit more um, rigid. Um, I think you'd have him starting over Luke Bratton. Oh, I'd have him starting over Paolo Retro. That's for sure. Um, oh, yeah, for sure. I don't say that about a future podcast. Yes, man. <laughs> Uh, yeah, true. But rumor mill. <laughs> um, the rumor mills are swirling, yeah, it's, boys. It's a good rumor, and I think um, as of this morning, uh, I think Daniel Wilmering from Western Sydney could be heading to somewhere Newcastle, maybe. Oh yeah. And no, um, the rooms are swirling. And, uh, Western Sydney Wanderers and young Socceroos goalkeeper Jack Warshawski could be headed to the Central Coast. Okay, Damo, mate, you are so on top the, uh, of things. You absolutely The rumour mill is well and truly underway um, in the A-League uh, mutual termination season. <laughs> it's the best time of the year, mate. There's one way yeah. to guarantee you steal the headlines over the Formula One. It's it's the mutual termination season in, in the, the A-League. mutual termination window. That's you should get like a Netflix documentary like they did for the AFL one. I've got uh, some news of my own. Go on, Nicholas. A bit of, a bit of departure from the initial termination season. Um, Keep Up has revealed how AFC qualification will work for the upcoming season. Oh, uh, right. Okay, yeah, yeah. As in to the Champions League. So the AF, the Champions League uh, changed format from a... Uh, you know, January to December to a June-July competition. Um, so from a calendar year to, you know, like a calendar year, like the NPL to yeah, yeah, yeah. across the New Year's, like the A-League and, so you know, the APL and stuff. That's worse. So, yeah, so, so they rejigged everything around. And now there's technically, there's, there's been two seasons of A-League competition before the next tournament starts, which will be... Uh, later in 2023, so the same time as the European Champions League is on, and Melbourne City are uh, guaranteed. So there's three spots up for grabs. Uh, one spot in the Champions League only, which is yeah. disappointing, but two spots in the secondary competition, the AFC Cup, which is like the Europa League for yeah. the AFC competition. Yep. Okay. Melbourne City. So Melbourne City has premiers. Get to qualify, uh, qualify for Asian competition 
from last season. So do MacArthur for winning the Australia Cup. Oh, However, that. yeah, that MacArthur get to go to the AFC Cup. However, the, the final spot, the third and final spot, is either going to be the team that finishes second this year, or uh, if or the Premier if it's not Melbourne City. So if Melbourne oh. City are premiers, it's second. If if uh, Adelaide United, so Western Sydney Wanderers. Yeah, so if it's Adelaide, Adelaide United come win the premiership, then they get to qualify. Then they also qualify for Asian competition. If we have two different premiers that are qualifying for Asian competition, mm-hmm. it'll be the one with the most premiership points between the two wow. seasons okay. oh that God. get to get to play in the Champions League. So it's a bit of a doozy. What you need to know, Melbourne Melbourne City might play either. Um, the Melbourne City might play either. MacArthur's playing in the cup. Uh, and Melbourne City may play, will play Champions League if they win the Premiership, or they might play the Cup if someone else wins the Premiership. Right. Yeah, okay, this is not convoluted at all. Yeah, all right. Bang on. Very clear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You did a good job of explaining that, Nick. I think I understand. But, um, and, and I think the only, the only team in Premiership contention that could possibly have more points over two cities, uh, over two seasons than Melbourne City would be Adelaide United because Western Sydney didn't make finals. Central Coast, not high enough. And who else would be anywhere near it? Probably no one. So no, that's, Yeah, because no, no, the victory no, have gone from really good to really bad. Yeah. So. Yeah. And they can't win the Premiership too. So Yeah, okay. Fair enough. Uh, yeah, that makes sense. Uh, I don't know. It's, yeah, because obviously with our system in Australian football, it's different to everyone else's. So it's, there's going to be weird caveats, yeah. right? We just like to make everything more confusing and less functional. Yeah. Well, our <laughs> calendar actually aligns with the AFC calendar now. So once this, once the next season starts, it'll be, it'll be pretty straightforward. It'll be like you win the premiership in say May twenty twenty four, which is the next season, yeah. and then you'll be playing in the Champions League by September twenty twenty four, rather than when you win the premiership in May twenty twenty four. You wouldn't like in the old way. You'd win it in May 2024, and you wouldn't play until March 2025. So, no, nah, my a, head is hurting. It's it's yeah. It's it's yeah. more recent. It's it's less waiting time from going from when you're in form as the premiers to when you get to play Asian footy. Yeah, I know. Yeah. It sort of makes sense. It makes enough sense. Well, it's just it's all a bit much. I mean, there's the news that's just dropped that yeah. Scotty Jamison will be allowed to play in the Melbourne Victory. Yeah, game, I saw that. He will come be up. banned for the Wellington Phoenix game. Yeah, which I guess sort of makes sense, but it doesn't. Yeah, nothing makes quite sense, makes yeah. sense in A League football. Give victory it's the points. No, it's it's all yeah a lot of jargon. Yeah, a little load of jargon. I like that. It's all a load of jargon. Uh, two friendlies. The Socceroos played in. Yes. Uh, the, yes, the welcome yes. home friendlies. Is that what they were called? Yeah, the welcome home slash mm. congratulations. Yeah, slash against Ecuador, no one both wanted of them. to show up anyway. <laughs> we got a two-one win in our first one and <laughs> took a three-one loss in our second one. But I'll, I'll focus on personnel one, first. Three-one in the first. Sorry, sorry. One yeah. three-one in the first, lost two-one in the second. We won three-one and we lost two-one. Oh, should have gone to I'm extra all... time in the second match then. I'm all mixed up today. I'm all mixed up today. I'm do... nowhere. But Geordie Boss became the fifth City Academy player to don the green and gold in that second game. Yes. Uh, can you boys guess the other four? 
Uh, Marco uh, Tilly. Oh, no. He's an OCD yeah. Academy player. Um, Nathaniel Atkinson. Yes. Aidan O'Neill's an OCD Academy player. Um, no, he is not. Daniel Azani. Daniel yes. Azani. Yes, yes, yes. Azani is one. That's two. Two two from two uh, from Tim Cahill, uh, Nicholas City legend. No. <laughs> Tim Cahill, City legend. Um, <laughs> Curtis Good. Not Curtis Good, no. No, he's not an academy player. Uh, it was. Aidan O'Neill's not an academy player, is he? No, nah, we've got a couple or of central midfielders. Already. I'm looking for a couple of central midfielders. Curtis Good was Melbourne Hart. No. Nah. No, 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 no. Oh, no, no. It's, com- it's coming to... Can, can, can you give you a hint? The central midfielders? A couple of central midfielders. One of them... They both play internationally at the moment. Are they active? Are... Yeah, they're active. They're both young-ish. They're both young. They're both young and they both play internationally. They, and they both play for Melbourne City currently or...? No, no, no. No, I just said they both play internationally. As in they play overseas. Craig Goodwin? No, he's Newcastle Jets. Is that overseas? What?! What? Craig, <laughs> Craig Goodwin, oh. a winger who plays for Adelaide. I mean, I know Adelaide's <laughs> a long way away, but it's definitely on a scene. <laughs> what, two centre midfielders? One of them plays... What, one of them's actually a teammate of a fellow soccerer at the moment, and one of them plays in France. Connor Metcalf. Yep, Connor Metcalf. Yes. Yep. Connor Metcalf, and one more. One more who plays in France. Danny Conroe. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, John, John Roos played for the Socceroos? Yeah. What? When? Yeah, he yeah, played a lot of the qualifiers. Yeah, like a lot. Oh. Mm. I uh-huh. would never got John. I thought it's just De- Danny John Roos is just one of those perpetual like Jean. League Two players for me. Yeah. So like, that's right. I never give out. Not. Not that it's ever stopped yeah, soccer selection with Mitch Duke playing in the J2 League and <laughs> being our World Cup hero, so... <laughs> uh, but yeah, one win and one loss, fellas. Uh, I'll ask both of you yeah. my uh, my last... I guess it's technically a bit... I don't know, I'll leave that to later, actually. What was your favourite moment from these two games? Watching them. Um, if I we think them. the Alex Robertson dive, slash not dive, definite penalty... <laughs> And then oh, the yeah. subsequent um, melee slash Harry Suda body. Yes. Game. Yes. That was my favourite moment. Marcelo, take notes. That's how you successfully intervene yourself into a fight without looking That's like an right. idiot. Diffuse the yes. situation, not bloody. I would say I really head. liked all. I really liked all of all of goal. Um, it was yep. a great snatch and grab. Um, and it was good to see him back on the score sheet, you know. He kind of uh, kind of didn't penetrate the waters so much in the World Cup as much as we would have liked. No, uh, it was pretty great. shocking. Not yeah, much. but it was good to see him get some form back in because um, I really like I really like his game when he's on song. So I'd love to see him, you know, keep, you know, keep climbing the Socceroos ranks because he doesn't have too many. He's getting towards his late 20s now, so hopefully we can see him um, reach the peak of his powers at the next World Cup um, because he might not be able to do it at the one after. It's a fair point. He's, he's, he's found some form in his current club. I think he's on loan from Cadiz at... Ooh. Yeah, he's playing at Sparta Prague. That's the one. Thank you, Damo, coming in with he's the facts. not really playing. Not really playing? Well, 
when he first went there, he was starting pretty decent. And you know what? I hold on to the positives, all right? I like to keep a smile on my face and keep my glass half full. Although it is empty right now, I'm quite dehydrated. But moving forward, I'd say my personal favorite moments from the... I mean, just the debut goals. Garen Quall got his first Socceroos goal. Yeah. And uh, Brandon Varela. That is a good, good thing. Yep. Both are very good things. Always good to see a few more goal scorers and the like, and building more depth as we go on our road towards um, the Asian Cup and qualifying for the World Cup. So, what do you reckon a pass mark for the Asian Cup is for the soccer day? I'm sorry, I, I, just... I think if we can make it to the final, that is a pass. I'd say semi finals. Semi-finals, a valiant effort yeah. in the semi-finals. Mate, if Qatar... Because you never know who you might get in the final like for. Asian Cup. And... I think that yeah, was a exactly. once-in-a-blue-moon they... event. Like that... They just poured that much money into it, and then, obviously, to do what they did at the World Cup was... <laughs> yeah. So many teams had an off-tournament, too, like Japan, yeah. South Korea, us. Cool. Uh, I got some last-minute news, too. Oh, uh, Rumours on the street, Brisbane Raw. Brisbane Raw is returning to Suncorp for next season, so watch your space. I can't wait. Oh. Orange Seat United it will be. Honestly, it's good because obviously so the Dolphins now have the Sunshine Coast lost down, but I mean, fuck, they're not going to sell many tickets, I'll tell you that no, for free, unless they get really good really quickly. Yeah. Oh. Green, you got to play Kai Truen, otherwise we're shit. Green ball, Kai baby. Kai is the key. All right, good stuff overall, fellas. Good stuff overall. I think that'll... Oh, you know what? I, I do technically have one more burning question. I was just going to ask is, is Graham Arnold leading the Socceroos in the right direction? Just based on general play, the shape we were, we were in, the personnel selected. Well, considering that we... Obviously, you've got to take into account travel and, like, time... Um, uh, what do you, no. what do you, yeah, adjustments to time... Um, fuck me, what are they called? Bloody time, time zones. differences? Time zones. Um, yeah, Ecuador were this? pretty poor in that first game. Like, that's, that's not... Can't oh, better I see, it. right, okay. Because um, of the time but, zones. Yeah, yeah time zones, and, and they said they were still adjusting. They couldn't play perfectly, and that's fair enough. But um, We played all pretty good in that first game. Like We were playing out of our skin, basically. Um, in the second game, I think Ecuador kind of got used to it and they found us out. And obviously we had a different 11, majorly different 11, mm-hmm. but um, I think their quality definitely showed towards the end and you could tell that their players had been exposed to higher levels of football and the like. So regardless of that, the vibe around the change room and the vibe around the whole Socceroos in general has never been this good for the last 10 years. Yeah. More, probably 15 good years. Good morale. So I, I would say that, obviously, Graham Arnold is doing something decent at the moment, and, yeah, he, he's definitely probably the only person I would have considered to take us on. And it's so good to have a manager stay on for two whole World Cup cycles, like, I don't think that 
Yes, if he if he makes it that far, like we don't know if he's going to make it. Far. If he makes it that far, obviously, but yeah. I can't see him being fired after the World Cup, regardless of what happens. So, That's a fair point. All right, I think on that we'll we'll wrap things up. Do do either of you have any parting comments to make before we finish off this uh, crazy crazy show? Uh, Brisbane Raw fans, I'll see you for a beer at Caxton nice. Street after the game. Nice Caxton Street reference. Nice. <laughs> Have many beers, celebrating your win over Melbourne City, and uh, have a good week. Yeah, right. Because Brisbane Royals just got to like push over Melbourne City <laughs> like there's no tomorrow. Thanks, Damo. Let's keep this podcast somewhat realistic. used to be three dollars when I started working at KFC to now four ninety five and now it's considered a discount price at three ninety five. I just want to say inflation's gone too far.